right? So I'm not asking for the BBC to necessarily put more black people on. I'm not asking for the Brit Awards to acknowledge black talent. I'm asking for us to acknowledge it, you know, and to create systems and structures that um, award it um, accordingly. Mobos? So yes, you know, something like the Mobos, it's a lot of black people tend to have issues with. I didn't watch it this year. Um, I heard it didn't go down well. Are we live? Well, bam, we're coming through. Yo, welcome to the Work Brunch Podcast. Again, uh, today we got, I, I call you the cool kid. Uh-huh, I'm the calling cool that kid. for, yeah, the cool kid. I'm oh, calling you that for a minute. That. Do you know what I mean? The amazing stylist, uh, stylist and creative, uh, Aisha Akambi. Hello, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. You're very, very welcome. It's um, it, it, I, I had to have you on there. We, every oh. time we see each other, we're always just getting. Into yeah, it. I know. We always get into it. Yes. Oh, we just skip small talk and yeah. just get right into yeah, the yeah, heart yeah, of whatever's yeah. pissing us off. Mm-hmm. Basically, how are you doing? Is is we answer that in in. How am I doing? Yeah. Oh, it's it's Saturday. You know, it's chilled. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not working today, so yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah, nice. I'm feeling chilled and, and, and relaxed and calm. So I, I can't complain. I do complain. Are you are you normally not feeling calm? No, I'm really restless. I'm a really restless person. Like and very Is that anxiety? Maybe, yeah, at some point. Especially the more I'm around other people, I right. think. One on one, this kind of conversation, great for me. Like yeah, yeah. any more than two people in a conversation, I start yeah, to yeah, lose yeah. myself. I start to disappear. Yeah. Mm. I hear that. Um so let's talk about what we're eating today. You, um, mm. you, you, you mentioned uh, spaghetti bolognese. Oh, yeah, I know. So basic. This is the most you basic. You said that. Is it not basic? Like It's food. It's food. But like I felt like maybe at this age I should have acquired some yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of, a, I don't know. A, a more refined palate. But the yes. question I asked you was what stands out. Okay. Do you know what I mean? What means something to you? Why, why did you say spag bowl? What's that about? Um, oh, why no. spag bowl? I think... You know what? For a long time, mm. I thought spaghetti bolognese was Nigerian food <laughs> until like I got to school. Um, my mum had this way of making it. I mean, growing up, I, I grew up with like a, a white foster family at first and ate what they ate, which was like, I don't know, roast dinner, shepherd's mm-hmm. pie, all that kind English. of stuff. English stuff. They were English people. Um, and then when I moved home uh, to my mum's uh, house and the culture was Nigerian, that was a major culture shock. Mm. Um, so did you go, you went to a foster family and then back to Yeah, to my mum, okay. yeah. And so I believed that foster family were my real family for a long time. Even though I was mm. black and they were white, I didn't really understand, you don't understand those differences as a kid. Right. I was just kind of like, oh, why do they have different hair? But mm. I didn't really pay attention to it. Um, so then when I moved back to my mum's house, and I couldn't eat a lot of the food that she wanted to eat. I didn't like it, you know, I rejected it. I had this major identity crisis. Um, and I think spaghetti bolognese was her halfway of trying to, I don't know, because I guess for my mum, it was like, okay, it's, it's, it's a red sauce. So she's like, okay, this is red sauce. I can, I can you know, yeah. do what I do, you know, put all the things that she's used to putting in it and just have the um, spaghetti with it. I don't know, it was her way of trying to, Bridge the culture, so it probably yeah. takes nothing like what an Italian. And that's in England. In England, yeah. I think that's common. I really? feel like that's 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 how I grew up eating like British dishes, but you know, spag bol with curry powder. Yo, exactly. Even when my grand came here, she already she had five children in Jamaica. Yeah, and they've all got like Jamaican. Uh, they've all got like Jamaican names: Seymour, Winston. Um, 
well, you know, slave names, but whatever. Mm. Um, and then my mum was the first born here and she's Marilyn. Mm. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah. you know, get, 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 you know, as in Rome. Exactly. Um, but that's beautiful though that we still, I think that's a beautiful thing about London. You kind of, everybody's version of something is different. Yeah, exactly. For one of the podcasts, I'm, I'm cooking some jollof rice. Oh, wow, nice. My research has told me I'm, this is going to be an impossible task. Really? I don't know. You, you have Jamie Oliver making jollof rice now. So, Jamie, or maybe... And it's probably good, you know. You know what? I Jamie can put it down. Jamie can put it down. And I looked at the recipe and I was like, yo, I, I can't front on this. This looks legit. And it looked yeah. nice. It looked did nice. He had Maggie Caesar, did it? He had Maggie Caesar Woo! in it. But he added his... Um, what did he put in there? He put chopped tomatoes in there, as in chopped cherry tomatoes. That was bringing some of the British, I think. Um, but it looked nice. It looked I mean, nice. So, maybe. If, if Jamie can do it, you can definitely do it. Ooh. You just have it in your natural. I'm gonna cook some kind of jollof rice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, spag bol. And it, it's it's. I didn't know you grew up in a foster uh, yes. family. Yeah, yeah. You, so are you still connected? No, I'm not. Um, I'm not because when I went back home, so I was with them for let's say five, six years of my life. Mm. Um, and because I had such a hard time going back home, going to a different culture, mm. and believing that I'd been turned black. You know, I didn't think, I thought I was white before and when I went home, but now I've been made black. Did you think you were white or did you not consider yourself a colour? Um, I think I thought I was white. <gasps> yeah. Um, so when I went back home, because I had such an identity crisis and a battle and just kind of, I used to like pray, I used to be like, God, make me white again. Like, what's happened? Mm. Um, and so my mum just thought it wasn't healthy for me. <laughs> so I just kind of needed to cut that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that's probably why now, probably is the reason why I do a lot of the work I do or care about a lot of the things that I care about. Right. I think uh, being aware of how I once felt about my race and myself mm. um, and going through that. Probably. There's, a, there's an importance in identity mm. even more so. Mm. Is there a right in you evolving? I think so. Me too. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. How's that, what's the practice of that been? Um, the practice of that, so... Obviously, I write on Twitter a lot. Mm. Uh, I write a, a lot of stuff there. It's cooked? Oh, oh right. Oh, nice. Let's get, just turn it off me. I'll be no sick. Thank you. Dre Lancaster. Hey. For my sous chef. I think te- Twitter has been like a testing ground for ideas mm. of themes and concepts uh, that I want to write about, what's understood, what people relate to, what people don't relate to. Um, it's just been like a... Yeah, just uh, market research, you can call it. Um, but I think the voice is definitely growing. Um, writing is my main passion, and it always has been. Um, and sometimes you can love something so much that you never attempt it. And I was that person for a long time with writing. Um, and when my uh, brother passed away about four years ago now, it just... Writing, I think the thing about writing is, like, you don't choose to write, it just chooses you, you know? And... It just shows me, <laughs> you know, and I can't really escape it anymore. Um, so, yeah, there's plans to write a book. That's nice. hope so. Yeah. Like autobiography or novel? Mm, a collection of essays, I would say. Mm. Yeah, a collection of essays about uh, life that should be quite uncomfortably honest. Yes. Yes, I think so. <laughs> a book version of Twitter? A book. That's exactly what it is. Mm. Call it extended tweets. Extended tweet. That's... <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. For the hashtag world. Yeah, exactly. Because I really don't want to, I don't want to preach the converted. And a lot of the people that I want to read my writing aren't people that read. 
And so, you know, and we're in this age where we only process information in 140 characters or memes. That's where we get our inspiration. That's where we get our love advice. That's where we get, like, our philosophical motivation for the well, day. Well, those are not those who are not in the practice of, of writing and reading, yeah. um, which is a large majority of us are not in the practice of writing and reading. Um, but I want us to engage with that again. I think especially now we're all in the habit of being distracted. Um, the process of not examining your thoughts via writing or reading is is detrimental to me mm. so i think it has to be a book that speaks to that generation um that you can also read in quite short form and you can read in long form as well um mm. so i'm working on some type of format with yeah. how that's going to happen yeah mm. i'm recently been start started a book okay it nice supposed, it was it was it was supposed to be my cookbook okay I didn't know you had this, uh, this, uh, this, these culinary skills inside of you. I didn't know you were yeah. a chef. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's music and food. It's my thing. Music and food. Yeah. Has it been your thing for a while? Food. It's always been, food has always been my thing. Music became okay. the first thing. Okay. Um, and then, I guess, after the second album, 2012, I was like, I just don't think I want to do this anymore. Really? The music? Yeah. Mm. Why? I'm so dispassionate about it. Okay. My experiences have made this a, uh, uh, my anger mm-hmm. has made me not be able to appreciate this shit mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. and then it was well how long have I been angry yes <laughs> mm. so it ended up being a, a, a sort of a, a, a peeling back of the layers and me doing a lot of the work mm. um, which was just necessary but it, it was it just came from me just like I don't really like this shit I kind of was when I started I was I was writing songs and writing words and going to the studio and feeling alive and there was it's it's that kind of cliche thing of like you know i put an album out and then it became my day job okay yeah as yeah, opposed yeah, yeah, yeah. to the thing i did yeah 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 which is cool because i get to have i get to have amazing experiences and share uh, and share my experiences with the world mm-hmm. and i believe inspire as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. um but then it became about contracts. Mm-hmm. I found that I was having more conversations with my with the lawyer, and then the then and then then I was actually even writing yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then as well, the the place that I come from, as a, as a, as a, a working class South London girl, mm. your rules don't apply. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. what I know. Yeah. You're doing some shit that you break. You're breaking all of the codes. Yeah, yeah. And okay. you know what I mean in mm. terms of just how you are, sub- you know, being uh, honourable with your words and things that I didn't even know were codes that were embedded in me. Mm-hmm. But you know, being uh, well, I put in this much, you put in that much. Yeah. Okay. Or if I bring a deal to you, you ain't got to worry about what I'm getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you get yeah. what you're supposed to get. Yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah. things like that. And it was like that's all been flipped. And I was like, you know what? <sighs> Doesn't So I kind of. 2000, the end of 2012, I was like, I, I, I love food. That's yeah. become more, that's become now the, the, the new thing for me because oh, it doesn't exist as, yeah, as, a, yeah. as, a, as a reality. Yeah. So I'm, I want to go for that. And I, I, it started with doing MasterChef. Okay. And then... Oh, yes, I forgot you did that. Yeah. Amazing. And then so all of 2013, I did that. I did uh, a career How did you do on exhibition. That? Semi-finalist. Semi-finalist, amazing. Yeah. Okay, it cool. It was all right. It was I, cool. I haven't really... I don't really watch much TV, but I yes. know MasterChef is intense, right? It's very intense, isn't it? It's intense, but it's, it's actually quite short. Okay. Because we're... 
I've got to 2014. Was like, oh no, music's too far. Okay. I need to do it again. Okay. So I'm just trying to balance the both. Nice. Trying okay. to make all of my happies happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Balance. They say be careful, like what you want, because often, like when once you get it, <laughs> you know, and it becomes your job. Uh, like you're saying, you yeah, like you're saying. I feel like you have kind of was telling me that the last time we spoke in terms yeah, of yeah, with styling, yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, I started styling when I was 21. And the idea of being around celebrities and famous people has a particular grander law when you're 21. Mm. You know, you want to be, that's what the world tells you in, in various ways that you want to be around. And you were, you hit. Yeah, you, you want to be around high society, you want to mm. be around the elite, you want to be around those who are desirable, the most desirable. Um, and I guess for me, I don't know, I guess. Um, the trouble with getting what you want is having that intimate knowledge of its bad side, mm. you know, and I have that intimate knowledge of its bad side. Um, and I think it can just be a bit of a dangerous world in the sense that it can be quite consuming. Um, and it, it puts you in this illusion sometimes. You forget that this world that you're in of people saying yes to everything and people right. licking your ass isn't real life. Mm. Um was only you wanted the ideal you didn't know what the reality was yeah yeah i wanted the idea and, and the reality the reality is is too much for me sometimes so uh, how does that come across in styling what, what's what's a, what's give me an example of, of something that is like oh i don't want this um i don't know let's say you might get given a brief from a record label um and that label that you're working with may be heavily male and they've got ideas about what the 16 year old girl should look like and that's a bit ooh, mm. <laughs> I don't know. yeah should you be telling me that should you be having any um any opinions on her skirt length i don't ooh. think so uh, and so in in times like that then that can get a bit tricky for me because i didn't come into fashion because or i didn't get into styling because i love fashion i got into styling because i'm was interested in uh, perception and representation and, and how that can affect the way people navigate the surf um, and how it can change it, you know, drastically. Um, for me, people always were interested in what I did purely because I dressed myself outside of the context of what they thought a young black girl should be. Um, and I thought, wow, this is a shadow place. People want to give me things purely because of how I look. Um, how about if I could do this for other people? And so that was where I kind of wanted to become a stylist. So then when I'm being told like what 15 year old, 16 year old girl should look like by old men, uh, I'm just like, mm, maybe this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> this isn't what I did it for. Or I'm being told what black men should look like by white men. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, you know, because I think I, I came in to change the perception of largely about what people thought 
young black men were. Um, and every now and then I meet someone at a record label who wants to tell me what a young black man is. And he wants to tell me that that person wears all black and that person, you know, wears this hoodie and that person is their stereotype. Right. And they want me to represent them. I mean, there is that. There is that, of course. Um, but some of these people, I guess they're employing me to... But it's just not that monolithic. Yes, it's not, it's not. Um, so yeah, so there's elements of that, and also just kind of the world, the parties, the um, the many sort of lost people that you come across. And I say lost <laughs> instead of the lost people at the parties. <laughs> yeah, the lost people at the parties that you come across. Like that's it can be very contagious. Yeah, it's very contagious. Oh, you can end up getting lost too. You can end up getting lost yeah. too. Yeah. Um, if you surround yourself with that too much, so it's that side that I don't like. So for me, as long as I'm balancing. Uh, the styling work I do uh, with a lot of things that I have a genuine interest and passion for and not to say that I don't with styling but there are some projects that of course I'm gonna have less investment in a personal investment that's my way of like staying sane you know being able to be engaged in things that are going on in the world and having the styling thing I mean for one if I didn't have the styling thing then young people wouldn't listen to me right that's the sad thing as well you know people only are receptive to my words now and things that I'm saying yeah and what you embody as well I think you have a sort of a physical living representation of the things that you're trying to do which is possibly more powerful hopefully do you know what I mean than what comes out of your yeah what you say okay yeah hopefully hopefully Mm-hmm. Let's eat for the second time. Yes. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now that we are nourished... Oh, thank you. Wow. I might need to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Puss nap. Now that we are nourished in that, because food is the staff of life, tell me, Aisha, firstly, tell me, why is there tea on the NDNA? You know what? I have... my, My family is Muslim. Right. And Nigerian. And 
I don't know because I've never seen anyone else with the tea. So no. maybe my mum just made a mistake and it's just like a cool last mistake. Yeah, yeah. So now I quite like it. Obviously, the end of my name does spell Shat, which did give me some issues growing up. That's what I called it first. I knew Shat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's many uh, jokes I've heard <laughs> about that growing up, but now I quite like it. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it's just a silent tea. Fair play. Mm. I'm with it. Mm. Um, tell me. Other than spag bowl, mm. what else fuels you? Fuels me. Um, like food-wise, life-wise, any-wise. I'm really um, into the idea of truth and freedom. And I'm really into... That fuels me. Like I really want to live a life that's um, true to me, you know, in every sense of the word. So, like... Um, yeah, I'm fueled by the truth. I just want to know the truth of things. I want to know the truth of our existence. I want to know the truth of um, our essence. Um, even if it's not in line with what I currently think. Yeah, that fuels me. And the idea of a more fair world where people don't have to feel unnecessarily bad, um, that fuels me. Um, and writing. Writing fuels me. Mm. I really want to write. Mm. You've been... Um You've been doing that on Twitter for a while, but you you know your your tweets are a tweets of a writer because you know even though we're confined to one hundred and forty characters on there, there is it it, it makes it a, a perfect space to be able to have to be more eloquent. Yeah, right. Twitter has taught me how to write in so many ways. One of my problems was being way too wordy. Um, I'd always go the long way around of trying to explain anything. Yeah, and and Twitter is such great practice for any writer and just being. To the point, you know. Um, so yeah, no, that's really helped hone in the skills. I think. You mentioned the essence. Yes. Yeah. What's that? Um, our soul, maybe you could say, um, the truth of who we are, without like societal um, constructions of what's good and bad, what's um, normal and abnormal. Um, yeah, the truth of us, our essence. You know, I wanna, I wanna know what that is. Like, are we? Are we flawed as people? By are we bad? You know, are we fundamentally good? Like, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just interested. I mean, good and bad mm. seem to be so fluid. Yes. You can you know you can have a good action within a bad situation, or sometimes a bad. Uh, sometimes a, a, a making a mistake. Mm which may be bad, can end up being the, the, the reason that some good comes out of it, yeah, reflecting yeah. back at you. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So maybe there isn't, I think I've come to the conclusion that there isn't really any, any real good and bad. Because, you know, even something like killing is justified. Oh, yeah. what just, what's, what's, what, what, some what, people. what are you willing to go jail for? Um, what am I willing to go jail for? Um... I don't know. I mean, I used to want to go. I mean, I used to be prepared. To, I used to be prepared to go to jail for um, for the things that I'm passionate about or the things that I believe in. So whether that be you know race, like you know you know fighting against racism, at one stage I was prepared to go to jail for that. Well, you know, what does that look like? Um, I don't know. Maybe. If I was in some sort of situation where some person of colour had been unfairly treated 
and I was able to call it out and I was I would call it out and if that resulted in me being arrested um, yeah yeah then so be it um I don't know I mean with racism now I think I'm in a, a different place with it all I think I'm not so focused on changing the minds of racist people I'm oh not... tell me about that because you've been doing a few of these like black lives matter panels and that. oh right yes um i don't know i think i'm not i'm not concerned with racist people anymore like i'm concerned with how we feel about ourselves i don't care if someone wants to be racist i don't care if someone doesn't like me because of the color of my skin uh, you're entitled to that that's your right as a human being it's stupid yeah but it's your right. Um, I'm, I'm much more interested in how we feel about ourselves because I think that's going to be uh, where the real liberation comes from. Mm. It's not going to be from people who've, who've tried to take it away. Yeah. Um, and I don't expect... And you've never offered it. Yeah, and so I don't expect a system that has enslaved us to free us. Right. So I'm not asking for the BBC to necessarily put more black people on. I'm not <laughs> asking for the Brit Awards to acknowledge black talent. I'm asking for us to acknowledge it, right. you know, and to create systems and structures that um, award it um, accordingly. Mobos? So, yes, you know, something like the Mobos, it's a lot of black people tend to have issues with. I didn't watch it this year. Um, I heard it probably, I heard it wasn't, it didn't go down well, or maybe there were some mistakes. But I think we probably need to contribute all our efforts into making it what we think it should be, um, or creating a new alternative you know we can create a new award show that maybe celebrates a, div a more diverse spectrum of i hear that but you know i, I feel like it's very hard to do that within a, a white gaze and a white space yeah maybe um but it's about maybe what what you value in the sense of okay maybe it's not televised does it have to be televised mm. you know or maybe it's it's online and maybe we need to learn to not see that as any less worthy as yeah. being on TV. I feel like that's kind of happening now. Yeah, yeah. Just insecure Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I just think we need to create these things for ourselves. I think, you know, the anger that comes with racism sometimes can be quite blinding. Um, and draining. And draining, yeah. Very, very exhausting. Very, very, very exhausting. And I've... I've been drained by it. I've been drained by it. And I'm going to all these panels and people are asking me, what's it like to be a black woman in the industry? And it feels like a loaded question. It feels like you want me to say that it's a problem. You want me yeah. to have some victim narrative, yeah. you know? And I'm not doing that. I don't think I want to do that anymore. Yeah. Because, because actually it feels wonderful. Fucking <laughs> amazing being a black woman. I'm great. Yeah. I'm so good. And I'm so good to have the perspective that I have mm. and to have the insight that I have and that my my race allows but me to have. It's that black narrative of, of, of poor thing. Yeah, no, don't, no, don't poor thing me. Right. Yeah, and like, I'm not a poor thing anymore. I think we need to remove that self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, even, mm. it, even times like white supremacy, like I want to be done with. There's nothing supreme about racism, insecurity and an inferiority complex. That's not supreme. And I think by pumping up the ego of racist people, by calling them supremacists, like we start to believe that these people Words are... Mean things. Yeah, yeah, these people are inherently more important than us and they're not. So I believe that it should be called a white inferiority complex and that's yeah. it. Or white I mean, that's exactly what it is. That is what it is. So let's call it mm -hmm. like it is. White stupidity why ignorance mm. that's what it is that those are the elements that comprise anyone to be hateful towards someone else over mm. something so basic um so yeah i'm really i'm really um 
cautious about the words that we use and the narrative that we subscribe to ourselves. So for me, I think it's been much more progressive, not caring so much about racism, but really caring about the esteem we have in ourselves. Right. I feel like that feels better. Oh my this God. It's so much better. A lot, better. a lot easier on the soul. Yeah, it is. And essentially, maybe, you know, what white people are doing, which is essentially looking out for themselves first, you know, is what the Indian community does, it's what the um, the East Asian community does here, it's what the Jewish community does here. Um, so there is maybe, maybe we can be objective about it, maybe there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. What there is wrong with is uh, an unfair justice system and to disproportionately uh, imprison black people due to the colour of their skin. Um, and I think the only fight against that is to create your own systems, you know, that's it. So even Jewish people in this country, if something happens to them, they're calling their own ambulance. Right. Do you know what I mean? They're calling, for real? Yeah, yeah, they're calling their own ambulance. They have all of that kind of stuff set up, you know, because they believe that they can deal with each other better. Um, and maybe this seems like segregation. I mean, I don't think it has to be seen completely as segregation like just because an Indian man owns the corner shop doesn't stop a white person or a black person going in so we can yeah. still you know right. move around but then there's a fear of segregation when it comes to black people um, there's a fear that we're going to all get together and start some kind of uh, re revolt and get revenge yeah but I mean like, literally to the point where we can't even have too many black people standing at one place at one time yeah. <laughs> and, and that's and, and that's their <laughs> ignorance and, and fear that is not our issue it's not our issue right? if people think that's what's going to happen if if we were going to fucking revolt we'd have done that a hell of a long time ago we had a much we've had much more reasons to revolt i don't think that's in our nature think about black people we're really loving peaceful people because yeah. um, if we weren't there would be a, 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 a race war right now we're great parents yeah yeah we are and, and we're very patient people and we're very loving and compassionate so whereas there could be seen to be loads of reasons why black people should be angry at the world and angry at white people and but we're not like you're not yeah well you know a lot of, well, majority of us i would say we're not we do want to integrate we do want to be accepted within their mm. systems we do want to yeah you know start interracial relationships we don't we don't see white people as evil. Like, you know, we don't do that. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think we just have to look at what's happened in the world and, and, and how we've responded to that, you know, which has always been peace. This is about black beauty. Mm. This, is that, this is black girl magic. Yes, maybe. And that feels really good. Mm, mm. It's, it, that's happening now. I'm, 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 I'm kind of feeling like it's probably part of a cycle as well yeah especially in britain i, I feel like maybe the 70s the mm. afro hair the 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 the, the comb with the the uh, yeah, fist yeah. sign mm. on the end of the comb and um perhaps it's another cycle of that yeah um, that's the danger i think for me like i hope it's not a cycle and i hope it's not an aesthetic trend um because uh, if we look at the online movement that's happening it is very aesthetic you know it is a lot of beautiful images of dark-skinned women that go viral yes. or women with freckles that go viral yeah. black babies with green eyes um and i think for me what i hope is that it isn't just yeah just an afrocentric passing trend yeah. and that these things are seeping into our minds in a lot deeper ways and that we are understanding that um to develop pride in oneself isn't just 
um, a clothing thing or a case of getting dreadlocks, you know, it's a case, it's a mind shift. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's... So, locks for me is, was, um, it was a change in, it kind of changed everything for me. Yeah, I'm saying. It's very powerful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I, the, the, the physical representation of non-conforming, mm-hmm. it kind of set me free to a certain exa- yeah. extent, which uh, I feel I feel like probably uh, women would feel, uh, other women would feel the same way who shave their, all their hair off. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, for women who shave all their hair, you know, society has a long time for women said that, you know, their hair is their essence of their beauty. And so for a woman to shave her hair and feel confident and still be beautiful, it's a very attractive thing. And I think the same goes for people who decide to get dreadlocks. Our hair has often been thought about as being something that needs to be relaxed. Right. You know, so if it needs to be relaxed, then I guess the, the quiet message is that it's wild. <laughs> you know, is that it needs to be tamed. <laughs> exactly. We're too black in here right now. Yeah, there's nothing relaxing about relaxing your hair. Mm-hmm. No, that was stressful, man. <laughs> Yo, it burns. My shit was breaking. Yo, exactly. There's nothing actually relaxing about it. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think if you're going to... Thank you. If we're going to allow, if we're going to fully embrace this moment in time that feels like a black resurgence or some black empowerment movement, let's just make sure it's not. Movement to where? Yeah, this is what I'm interested in. You know, I'm interested even in the title of Solange's album, A Seat at the Table. I'm interested in whose table, you know? Whose table are we taking a seat at? You know, I'm interested in destroying the table. Like, I don't want to take a seat at the table. Um, that for me feels like establishment. Yeah, an anti-establishment. I had to say, I had a very similar conversation with somebody. You know, not long ago there was the Music Week thirty whatever yeah. list, and I think it was like ninety-eight percent white. Yeah. Also male as well. It's predominantly male. Um, I think maybe what the opera. There wasn't hardly any uh, people of colour in there, um, and obviously it's talking about the future of music. And uh, Wiley tweeted, which I love how can uh, chips influence potatoes, um, mm. which just sums that up yeah, yeah, <laughs> beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I said it was, you know, there was a lot of debates and stuff on Twitter going back and forth, and I was like, it's their list. Yeah, it's their list, exactly. It's their list. It's their list. We could do this, we could, we could fight about this forever. Yeah, it's their list. I'm not mad at it. I get it. It's their list, you know? We just need to make our list. Like, don't be, I think, I think the internet puts us in the habit of reacting instead of responding. Yeah. I mean, we're reactionary people. Yeah. I mean, well, we have, we, not we're reactionary people. Our experiences have made us so. Yeah. And I get it, you know, I really get it. But I think when the world is telling you in all these silent ways that it's not here for you, listen. <laughs> you know, listen to it. Are you finding some peace? finding yeah a lot of peace a lot of peace um and i, I think you're the, smiling I know. <laughs> it's the process isn't it i think it's a process so i think you do go through this stage uh, and that's the problem in learning about your history so late you do get very reactionary you get angry and you feel a lot of guilt for all the things that you didn't know and you don't know what to do with that guilt so that guilt becomes a lot of defensiveness and a lot of frustration and um uh, maybe a bit of a chip on your shoulder Mm -hmm. um 
and you continue through that process and you get clarity after a while and you start to let go of the anger because what's it doing for you, you know, these supremacists that we call them, they're not angry, they're chilling, yeah. you know, like, and I'm exerting all of this energy um, for what, you know, it's not, it's not progressive. Yeah. And so I think this is just a, a lot more of a progressive way to, to look at those problems. I think it needs to be a mind shift as opposed to a, a physical shift. Like I was saying, you know, when district wasn't allowing black girls to come in, dark skinned black girls to come into that club, what we did is we campaigned outside of district and we said, no, we want to be let in. And I think what would have been more powerful is it if we said actually you don't want us in we ain't coming yeah. <laughs> and boycotted that thing yeah. and hope to collapse business and any white person that considered themselves to be an ally to do the same thing mm. you know district don't want us in like mm. well, let's take the coolest folk out you mm. know like and don't allow anyone who doesn't want us to profit and make money off of our culture but that's about self-love and self-belief yeah yeah and you have to have a lot of that i think in order to um to stand firm in this world that is very unequal and is very unfair and we need to learn to not value their systems i don't give a shit about the brits well, i don't give a shit about any you know they've recently this year mm. there's a lot of i know quite a few people who've been invite invited to be a part of the new sort of voting system that is inclusive of more women mm-hmm. and more people of color mm-hmm. um and then you know i don't know whoever the representative is like you know we're trying mm-hmm. um and we've heard, I feel like we've heard that a lot of times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, that ex- that can be exciting mm-hmm. and it can feel like actual, actual change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree, I think accepting a little bit of change is kind of similar to it, it, just accept, it's just accepting. Yeah, I think, you know, human beings can get used to a lot and you can get used to your oppression. And so any little bone that they want to throw My in. dating life shows that. Yes, yes, mine too, actually. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you can get very used to a lot of bullshit. Uh, and so when you get a little glimmer of something, you can see it for a lot more than what it really is, which is just a bone. And like, and it's not even a real bone. They're doing it because there's pressure on them. Um, like when these celebrities go out and say dumb shit and then we put all this pressure on them to apologise I don't want a fake apology if I have to ask for an apology then it's not real Um, and so I really do think we need to not value those structures that we believe that are oppressive I feel like uh, Lil Wayne Mm. said something yeah he said something about Black Lives Matter he was just like don't ask me about that shit yeah my life matters (laughs) it's kind of what you're saying and you know what? In, 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 in a less, he's saying in a less eloquent way. But yeah, and I'm not someone who would have thought I had any thoughts similar to Little Wayne yeah. or any shared any type of perspective. And I don't know if we're coming from the same place because a lot of celebrities say things similar mm-hmm. to what I'm saying. Um, and I don't know if we're coming from the same place because they're still very happy to. Um, they're very happy to promote luxury to a working class audience. They're very happy to. Um, to promote European values and ideas of beauty to an audience that is the total opposite of that. I'm not happy to do that. I'm not willing to do that. I'm not going to do that at all. Yeah, well, you have to be conscious. Uh, you have to be in, in the moment to be able to do that because it could be very easy to be swayed without realising that that's happening. Like, What does it take for you to, to not? I just don't value any of the things that society says that you should want. So I don't 
value luxury. I don't value designer. I don't value um, being at parties with certain people who have all these symbols of status. Africans like nice things. Yeah, but I mean... There, 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 there are many African tribes that are... Gold all over. Yeah, and so that's fine. If an if an if an African person is going to reap the benefits of that luxury thing that I'm buying, then yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a bit easier to do it. But if I'm going to perpetuate a system that tells me uh, that they don't want me wearing it, and I can see that explicitly through your advertising, through your campaigns, and the people that you choose to represent. I know who your target audience is and I'm going to listen to you and I'm not going to try and bend myself uh, and mould myself to be the Chanel girl. No matter how many trainers they give you. No matter how many <laughs> trainers they give me, you can throw them all my way. I'm not buying them. Yeah. Give them to me if you want. Mm. I'm not buying them. I'm not seeing a value in that. Mm. Like, there isn't. Um, so for me, that's what helps. But I guess it takes a lot to get and you maybe have to go through a lot to get to a place where... Um, typical symbols of status don't mean anything to you. Mm. Um, so I don't care. What does mean something then? If we're taking away status and these things, what, what are the things that you hold value? Um, that's a hard question. What do I... Um, I hold value in genuine connection with people. Um, in good music, mm. in good art. Um, I just know, I just don't need to be congratulated by some institution for it. I just don't think there's any institution that could offer me something in this country that I would see as a, a benefit. Mm. I don't think so. I, I would, yeah, I struggle with that idea. I struggle with the idea of, I don't know, what is that thing that happens when like the queen summons you and you get some type of knighthood? What is that called? MBE. An MBE. Yeah, I struggle with that, you know. Like I met the Queen, you know. You met the Queen. I met the Queen. And um, I'm not saying David Icke is right, <laughs> but I had some lizard kind of vibes. Wow, okay. I'm serious. Really? Yeah. I'm just talking about looking into this woman's eyes, and I'm like, I can't tell how old you are. This is very interesting. Really? I can't tell if you're 200 wow. or if you're 90. Wow. And if you are 200... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's just like, uh-huh. um, but I had a very, I had, I had quite an unusual experience at, um, I think I, I think it was Buckingham Palace. I can't remember if it was the uh, same time or different time. And um, uh, it's 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 an event to celebrate. I think it was young people in the arts or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and you know, I obviously look a lot younger than I am. <laughs> I was wasn't meant to be there really. Yeah. Um, and. You know, it's all you know. One, you know, those events. There's, they've always got the, the 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 bar with the red wine here and the white wine there and the orange juice and yes, the water. Yeah. Um, and you can help yourself. So uh, I'm just there, kind of mulling around and that. And uh, there's a there's 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 a kitchen where they're bringing out the sort of canopies. Mm. Um, I tend to sort of find myself in that general area yeah. with things like that. <laughs> yeah. So I've got direct, you know what I'm saying? I've got direct eyes on it. And this lady comes out uh, in the kind of uniform of like that she's, you know, in the kitchen or something. She comes out and she walks straight up to me. And she says, can I get you a drink? Mm-hmm. And I'm something like didn't feel right in my yeah. soul. Yeah. Um, uh, because you just, nobody's, getting people drinks they were yeah. here yeah yeah and so um i was like yeah i'll have a white wine 
because I didn't really know what else to say. Mm. And then she walks out and she comes back with a glass of white wine. And this is not a large room. There's 20 glasses of white wine just there. And it just was like, I'm not sure what's happening. I'm not even sure why I'm telling you the story right now. Mm. But what it reminded me of is that there is this this establishment comes with a force oh my god it does yeah you know what i'm saying it, it comes with a force that i am not privy to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was a moment of me realizing i am privy to it yeah my soul don't know what's happening here. <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean yeah. i can be out on the road with my people them and we all get a vibe move yeah i can do that yeah yeah, yeah i got yeah. that kind of sixth sense yeah, yeah but this is a force that i'm i'm not privy to i yeah. don't understand this level of you know because to have this amount of power you're going to have a force that is able yeah. to like a lot of that energy is dark mm. and i don't know what it is and i can't articulate it and a lot of things are happening in this world that are beyond all of our comprehension i think and i don't think david ike is wrong i don't think he's necessarily right either but i think the point is that we do not know what is amongst us you know we always talk about aliens invading and i'm sure aliens live amongst us right. in some form or another or maybe we are the aliens that have come okay. to invade earth because we have destroyed it mm-hmm. um so maybe we're us um but either way i don't i don't refuse i don't negate any of that type of conspiracy but isn't that the same if that's a force isn't that the same force that is in within our state that is the same kind of i don't know if it's i don't know about good and bad and stuff but in in equal measures the same force that would allow us to have a sense of not needing that yeah i think so like you know we all have a divine power you know i believe spiritually like and everything that we want answers to is within us if we're quiet enough to not distract our minds we can find all of these things and there is light within us um and it's the light within me that protects me you know that lets me know that what i need and what i don't need um and if we can harness this in ourselves as a community of of people um we can also see that because i believe that someone out there in this 1% of people who are controlling the world knows who we are as black people understand a lot of them know who we are as black people a lot of them understand our inherent divine energy the issue now is that we don't know who we are mm. we have forgotten we can't see that divine energy and we are distracted by so many things and so we are um we are we are burying the light you know it's 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 underneath so many things it's underneath insecurity it's underneath music it's underneath instagram it's underneath so many things um and just like any program or a computer put so many programs in it it crashes and so with a human input but we haven't crashed we haven't crashed we haven't crashed we are um we are in a transition mode <laughs> maybe we're in a transition mode and if we keep everything all this energy that we're harnessing at the moment i think there is there is light at the end of that tunnel is that equality yeah it's equality maybe it's ownership maybe it's pride it's it's self-esteem it's divinity um but i think ownership i mean i'm not i'm not a capitalist but if we're going to insist on this unsustainable way of living <laughs> um then we have to own in it yeah we have to yeah, yeah. And that's the only way. And I think when you're owning things and you have your own shop and you have your own houses and businesses, you know, Louis Vuitton not wanting to serve you 
isn't as much of a big deal. This is true. And if we're living, if we're, if we're in this world, we're going to have to understand how to take part in what makes this function. Yeah, exactly. Again. There's buyers and sellers in this world. <laughs> yeah. Is it you know, buyers? Yeah, buyers and sellers. You know, and if you you want to be a buyer your whole life, we're great sellers. Yeah, we can be great sellers, um, but we don't understand the, we don't maybe always understand the powerful the impact of what yeah. we are selling. Yeah, 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 so yeah, we yeah. outsource it yeah, yeah, to yeah, everybody. Yeah, 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 Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. we can't sell value. Yeah, exactly. We're selling too cheap, and we're outsourcing it to everybody else. Um, and we can't do like the what like maybe the Indian community have no one else can sell that for them. Mm. No one else can sell that for I them. I mean, we got a continent worth of things that, that yeah. no one else can sell. Yeah, we yeah. have. Yeah. But people are trying it, and we're kind of allowing them to because of our nature. We're good people, mm. you know. But we need to take some of that value for ourselves. I hear that. Mm. Hold tight, Marcus Garvey. Whole time, Marcus. I'm definitely. <laughs> how do you that. how do you feel about that? Like Pan Africanism and 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 that's the way. The whole, yeah. That's the move. Like for me, go back to Africa is not an insult. It's a goal. Mm-hmm. You have to see it that way. You know, if we don't see it that way, Africa won't be won't belong to African people anymore. That's funny how the oppressors have been actually giving us the direction. Yo, exactly. <laughs> that way. Exactly. The writing is on the fucking wall. <laughs> it's been on the wall for a hell of a long time. Like, go back to Africa. We must, you know, because otherwise right now we stand to lose it to Chinese. Oh, we're losing it. I was in Zanzibar and there was like Chinese restaurants on the beach. Yo, and there are places in Ghana at the moment already where the Chinese own them. Black people can't go in there. It's Chinese only, you know? And so if we keep allowing them to... Chinese only? Chinese only in Ghana, you know? And this is a fucking outrage to me. And so even things like Black Lives Matter, we have to make sure that we're not saying Black Lives Matter are the only ones that are close to whiteness. What about African lives? As in, Black Lives Matter, like... Do black lives in close proximity to whiteness matter mm. or do black lives in general yeah, matter? Yeah, yeah. And if black lives in general right, matter, then gay black yeah, lives, gay, trans black lives, yeah, all of this, mm. African black lives, mm-hmm. the continent's black mm-hmm. lives, then Africa has to be at that heart somewhere in that conversation because this is a place, because we're not from necessarily, we've been taken to America, we were invited to this country, but it's not where we're from you know and but then again, we have to but this is the thing as well we have such different and displaced histories mm-hmm. my uh, the, from my lineage being here in england was obviously through slavery mm-hmm. in jamaica mm-hmm. um and as well from uh, the more i learn about jamaican and, and slavery in jamaica the, the more i understand how jamaicans are the way that they yeah. are yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean but, um, you know, my grand members being in Jamaica and, and the Queen being uh, on the radio saying we invite you yes. to England to come and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, and even before that, there, there, was, there was a lot of black people here. But being that my, uh, my history is can be so different mm. to my next door neighbour, Femi, mm-hmm who is, have been, his whole family have been in Africa mm. and not left for centuries. Mm. We have a different view of this thing. Mm-hmm. We have different experience of this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, his, um, uh, his, his, the way he looks at race is, is kind of different. Mm. You know, my, my, my older cousins and even me, you know, grew up in Britain in NFs. Mm-hmm. 
no no blacks no dogs no mm. do you know what i'm saying and uh, i think it, there's a kind of old thing of like well you know if a nigerian can't get on with a jamaican how are we all going to go back to africa because when we get there we, we <laughs> yeah i know okay who gets what and where and we have to just have a common goal i think as black people living outside of Africa, we've learned certain skills, we've got certain education, we have the knowledge and resource with amongst us to build infrastructure. No one's going to ever get along anywhere. Um, people from Manchester and people from Newcastle in this country, you know, can have a problem. People from Hatchet, people from Peckney, football teams, do you know what I mean? They can have an issue with each other. And this is our human nature, you know, greed, envy, and all of that seems to be a part of the symptoms of capitalism so we're always going to have that i think as long as we're living amongst this system however to give each other more opportunities to move and navigate within a world where you don't silently feel like you're not beautiful you know because of all of the messages around you i, I think that's going to be much more conducive to our mental states mm. our health overall our melanin you know we need some um like on a scientific level we need it um I just think that we're going to have to find it within ourselves because we're not actually doing. Uh, I don't know. If you look at Af- if you look at America, African Americans aren't. I don't know. They're also not having a great time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, don't know. You you have a, a great. You can choose to not have a great time in America with a white police officer's foot on your neck, or you have it at home. Um, amongst people that maybe understand you a little better and don't feel threatened by seeing black people congregate together, don't feel threatened by loud voices. We don't feel threatened of, uh, of ourselves. Yeah. Um, there's, I, def, I, feel the, I feel the change, I feel the shift. Mm, I think so too, I think so. And I could be projected because I honestly feel the change and shift within myself mm-hmm. and that could be now projecting into what I'm experiencing mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's that simple in mm-hmm. terms of some kind of quantum yeah. shit mm-hmm. but um, I feel the change within myself yeah me too and I guess it has to start there I guess you can't change the world before you change yourself and this means that you will bring children into the world who are going to know themselves who are going to feel good about themselves um, we get to fix a lot of the things that maybe our parents didn't think about you know because for them it was survival just have a yeah. job you know and like and, and just make it through the day mm-hmm. and please these white people mm-hmm. and now we have a different responsibility which is to children love yourselves love your hair yeah you know what i mean love your skin love your nose love your lips and all of that kind of thing so this is the change the change is you that's a beautiful thing for our generation Mm. um it's pretty interesting to to, to, in years what what our generation will be are we millennials are we millennials well, I don't know if we're millennials, but our children will be millennials, yeah. I thought millennials was already... I don't uh, know, I don't know. When do you have to be millennials? Do you have to be born in, like, sure. 2000 or something? I don't know. I think you just have to be born in well, this period. Well, this would have made sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, the millennials, millennials get a really hard... I don't know. I think they come under a lot of scrutiny about the way that they are, you know, apparently they're too offended by things. And I get that. You know, we have all these buzzwords now, do you know what I mean? For everything, you know, even a straight person isn't a straight person now, you are a cis person. Do you know what I mean? And I can't even keep up with the terms. I'm a queer woman and I could be accused of being homophobic, you know, um, because I don't know the right terms of this week. Um, However, 
it's well intended you know these millennials who are 17 16 15 are thinking about the experience of trans people and they're not fucking trans yeah you know and there is something amazing to be said for that they have the best intentions but it's just gone too far i mean society has a habit of of uh, acting like 17 and 18 year olds are the sort of the detriment to the earth no. considering they have not been the ones that have caused any exactly of we're just trying but to it's fix kind of that thing of that ageism yeah do you know yeah. what i mean we're and, just and trying to fix them well they're trying what to fix it is them and truth be told I, one thing i do know about being 19 is that i wrote the, the, i wrote my whole first album when i was like 19 i think i've done the best writing i've ever done yeah we're gonna do the um, I think I've, I've, I've literally written the best writing I've ever done when I was 19. I could change the world. Wow, when I was yeah, 19. well, look at Adele, 19. That album is set her up. Mahalia, Danae Moore, a lot. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what's next for you? What's next for me? I really just, um, I love to, to share more writing, you know, bigger than 140 characters. Uh, that's something that's important to me. So I'm working on a project um, and I hope that maybe next year at some point everybody can read that mm -hmm. um, and I think that will be a big explanation as to why my Twitter reads in the way that it does um, and yeah there's so much you know I'm getting into broadcast journalism I'd like to tell mm -hmm. stories uh, on camera um, and, and bring people to worlds that they may not otherwise see um, so hopefully you know there's, there's talks of that and that's in the pipeline um, essentially I just want to do everything in life that I would have happily done for free oh that's it right there yeah that's, that's a great it. way to live <laughs> I'm into that uh, Aisha thank you very much for, thank you for uh, having me you're very welcome thank you for spending time and, and, and eating and musing oh, no problem until mm. next time you know <laughs> boom 